everybody, and welcome back to the Kit and Krista podcast. Well, welcome back to you. Thank you. Um, I am back in the the U.S. in my house. We had said that we were going to be back in the studio this week to um, record, but unfortunately, my poor mom, Mama Yang, is not feeling very well today. So she said to um, don't don't come over because she didn't want to give give us anything that that she could have. So she's yes. very considerate. This is what people people used to not do this at the Nintendo office pre COVID. That's true. People would come into the office sick all the time, and remember they would be in meetings. Put their like dirty cough. tissues on the like meeting table. It's gross. The dirty, and then they would blow their nose yeah. and stuff like that in the meeting. See. Mom Great start to this episode. <laughs> Great. We wish your mother the best, though. My mother is is already feeling much better, but good, good. But I definitely don't want to have any sort of. I don't want to get sick, so I really appreciate that she let us know. Um, so we're here once again. Here we in are bo- in these boxes, which is fine. Still good, still good. But back in the same time zone, That's so right. you don't see the sky like getting dark. The sun <laughs> turning to, to nighttime. No, the we won't get that. Turning. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's exciting to have um, episode 33 of the podcast today, the big 3-3. We're going to be at 40 before we know it, which is going to be exciting. Um, well, I'm going to let you tell people about the story time today. Because oh. It, it's you have a different vision of what happened than I do, clearly. No, I'm pretty sure. You won't want to miss the story time segment we're going to do in just a bit because... Let me give you a comparison. You know, sometimes, occasionally, there'll be like a leaked video from a movie set where it's like, oh, you got to see this because Tom Cruise let the crew have it. Or like there's another famous one from Christian Bale where he's just going off. Like he is off in another world, just ranting, expletive filled, just tearing (laughs) these people to pieces. And you kind of had a moment like that with this Nintendo Minute video that we are going to uh, look back on this week. That's all I'll say up front. Yes. Again, your memory of it and my memory of going through it could be a little different. So we'll get into that. In what do you and Tom Cruise time. have in common? Uh, potentially height. both sh- short, I was going to say. Sure. Is Tom <laughs> Cruise actually height. short or not? We'll never know. But you definitely have this in common. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll go into it and maybe, I mean... No one will know because the, you had to be there. Had to ask the the third party that was. A there. lot of people were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, as always, every episode of the Kit and Krista podcast and everything we do on our channel is made possible by our beautiful Patreon family. If you're not already a subscriber of um, our Patreon uh, community, please consider it. Um, it's Patreon.com/slash Kit and Krista. We have tons of different tiers. We have a lot of fun. We, we just got a great message that you posted on Twitter. Um, Couldn't yesterday. believe it. I could believe it. From our from our Patreon-only Discord, which is becoming and has become really my favorite place to hang out all week um, with you guys. And someone said this is the nicest Discord server they, they've ever been, been in. And we get that comment, honestly, a lot. And even our mods who are just the the sweetest people and the the most uh, wonderful people say that they they mod for other channels but this one um is is extremely positive and upbeat and people are very polite and friendly and welcoming interesting um, that this comes the week after you're on vacation wonder how that might be connected 
<laughs> but no, that I was have a stop spoiling things. That was a wonderful <laughs> comment. We also have coming up um, very shortly after this goes live, our big One Up Club meetup for the month we of September. Do. We're going to be getting together with our One Up Club and Superstar members and playing some Splatoon three. Yeah, that's going to be really exciting. We do these every month. Um, it's been so much fun to just like get to know everybody, and it's very casual. Now it's just just feels like, you know, you're on this big group call with all your friends playing video games, which is exactly what I wanted um, when we started doing this. So, yeah, it, it's great. So uh, if you haven't joined us yet, please, please consider joining us. It's Indeed. wonderful here. Um, well, I was away, but the, the content did not stop. As sure said, didn't. As, no. as you said, as you said yes, last week, we had... How do you feel? Now, I got to ask you a question. How do you feel knowing I can basically keep this going as a one-person operation? I feel but like this that, makes you nervous. Is that actually what happened? I, feel I like, mean, I, I think it might have been. I don't think that's But true. how do you okay. feel? Don't cover it up. What do you mean? I don't feel any type of way because it's not true. I don't true. feel anything. What's it's an emotion? I don't have one. It's not. Look, that's actually something you need to deal with. You have the, the icy oh, no. ice heart. I'm Scandinavian. It's different. <laughs> okay. That's not an excuse. Um, but we had a really fun video for Super Kitten Krista 64. That was your great idea. So I'll let you describe it to the fine people. Well, here. it's out now so people can see it. But, uh, yeah, we did a, but describe it. Though. We did a scavenger hunt in Nintendo mm-hmm. 64 where, um, you know, we just give somebody a clue and you have to find not only the game it is from, but the moment where it happens. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. First five minutes of the game. The, the good thing about the um, NSO N64 thing is that it, it doesn't have at that many games. So it's like a pretty limited group that you could choose from, which was helpful, but also not because I think I had some moments in there looking for your your hints or looking for what you wanted me to find. And it definitely, it almost broke you. You had some moments of almost near panic. I think I think we both did pretty good though. Considering, you know, it's a lot of games and, you know, yeah. you could you could just miss it. So I think we, on the whole, did pretty good. I was worried after, so after we filmed that, they announced GoldenEye was coming right. to the surface. And I was like, oh man, GoldenEye is going to come out. This whole video is going to feel obsolete because we don't have it. People are going to be like, where's, where's your GoldenEye, bro? <laughs> there's still no GoldenEye, so I feel okay. Yeah, there's the, the eyes are not golden at all. No. But one no. that happens... We definitely have to play GoldenEye because I have never played the single player mode and I can't wait to shoot a guy in the toilet. Shoot the guy in the toilet. I'm from really the little excited. vent ahead. Yeah. I'm excited about yeah. that. You're gonna be looking over your shoulder next time you go to the bathroom after you do that. Whoa, who's there? What's going on? <laughs> oh no, yeah. that's a whole other issue if that happens. Uh, so that's out now. The the thing we are recording for Super Kit and Krista this week, though, is, is so cool. Really special and great. And fun. Um so obviously. The Mario movie, there's a teaser coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about that in the news. But that got us thinking, like, you know, the floodgates for Nintendo media properties could be opening really soon. So we right. want to get ahead of that. Uh, we are going to be casting the Legend of Zelda movie. Right. Which, look, after Nintendo sees what we're pitching, they're going to sign us they're up. Gonna, gonna, they're going to sign us up right now to make Executive producers. Here we go. <laughs> Where can be the new Benioff and Weiss? Never a minute pictures. Don't say that. Those didn't didn't end well for them. <laughs> they did okay until season five. <laughs> <laughs> no. So we are each casting the main characters. 
Right. We have written a plot synopsis for right. how we would uh, uh, approach this movie. Right. And we are going to do a brief table read. The table read from our cool. script. These right. pages, spun gold pages. Great. I was really nervous about the table read part because I was like, "Can I write a? Do I even know how to write a script?" Well, sure you do. And then it just, it just came out like magic inspiration. It was, it was really cool. Was I don't really know fun. what you've got. I mean, we're going to surprise ourselves with this. Yeah. My stuff is so good. Like, it's like, lit- just seriously hire me. I will make this into a bajillion dollar franchise for you. <laughs> it is so easy. All you right. You have some good source material, as they say, oh to my work gosh. from. You have some great source material. Um, yes, exactly. Get your get your crit- Chris Pratt jokes in now. Chris, Chris Pratt is Link. Oh my God, no. That's like the worst <laughs> idea ever. This is not, it's not like that. Not like the Mario movie, Cassie. This is some classy Cassie. Navi? Chris Pratt is Navi? Comics relief? <laughs> Navi. Jack he just, Black he just is signed, Navi? He just signed a lifetime contract. Okay? <laughs> Sign that man up. The, uh, the, although there was a lot of chit-chat about the lady that's, um, the actress is playing Pete, Anya Taylor. Yeah. Um, they were like, oh, she should be Zelda too. Because she has, you know, she has that kind of similar look as well. Like I'll be honest, I've never seen a single thing that she is in. She's in The Queen's Gambit. Not which familiar is a with Very her. good show on Netflix. Mm. She's really good in that. Um, you a big chess player? No. There are some scandals in the world of chess, which I will Let's... not go into the details because they're quite sorted, but <laughs> whoa. What kind it's, of scandals can you cr- get I'll, into? In I'll chess? tell you I'll tell you later. <laughs> wow. I didn't think that that <laughs> it is wild though. That you uh, this is not the audience there, but this okay. is not the world's top chess podcast, though. Um no. one other thing you if you if you missed it, check out our preview of Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks mm-hmm. of Hope. We had a great conversation with Davide Soliani, who's, who's amazing. a wonderful human being. We yeah. became immediate best friends. Yeah, absolutely. And that that game really surprised both of us, and we really enjoyed what we played during that um during that awesome event and our First impressions are out now, and the game comes out really soon as well. So I can't wait yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're like almost a month. Realsies. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, before we jump into our never a minute no, our story time segment. Thank you so much to Slick Deals for sponsoring this episode. Um, if you don't know what Slick Deals is, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast because we love this service. It is basically a Chrome extension or a app that you can get um, that automa- automatically lets you get discounts on your favorite online retailers. Now, this week's sponsor uh, sponsor segment is actually really cool and special for you guys because we're actually doing a giveaway. Yes. So one thing that I actually did not know that Slick Deals applied to was like gift cards. Sure. And like online, you know, online gift cards or online um, gift codes. Um, so I did a quick little searchy search and found that you can get some Nintendo eShop cards at a pretty nice little discount so you know like a $50 gift card you get you get for less than you pay less than $50 for for that gift card so that is what we're giving to you guys we're gonna give away a $50 Nintendo eShop card all you have to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel which is the channel that you're watching if you're watching this episode that is the channel you are on right now um don't forget to also leave us a comment letting us know what game you would buy with your Nintendo eShop gift card and also give this video a thumbs up and we'll pick one winner at random 
And um, if you want to check out Slick Deals, we have links in our description. I'll also put them right here. But it's awesome. Get your deals. Win a gift card. That's amazing. I mean, eShop is basically like, well, I'm trading one form of money to get another. And right. to and to say, I'm trading one form of money and I'm paying less to get more. That's great. Even if it's just a few dollars less, like why why not? Why would you yeah. not? Right? Like, yeah, it's like so easy. You just get a code. It's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, enter for your chance to win and we will pick a winner next week. Woohoo. Cool. All right. Thank you, Slick Deals. Um... Well, let's not wait any further. Let's get into this <laughs> scandalous story. Talk about sordid details on, on, on movie sets and chess games. So this will take the cake. Apparently. If you want to follow along, um, the Nintendo Minute episode is called Nintendo HQ Store Shopping Spree Showdown. That's a lot of S's. It really um, is. This came out in November 2017. So it was kind of, you know, months into the Switch life. Yes. And this was kind of the first in a number of shopping spree videos that we ended up doing. Right. We had this great idea for like doing something around the holiday time that involved like buying Nintendo products from the various stores. So we actually ended up doing one at the Nintendo New York store um, when we were all shut down for for COVID. We did it online, which was not fun. Um, but the, the cool part was, is that we were we would always donate everything that we purchased um, to Starlight Foundation, which is a charity that Nintendo works closely with. So it was always fun to like kind of shop for that. Um, oh, we also did one at Best Buy. That was really fun. That one was um, amazing. That was like the probably the best one. But this became uh, sort of a Nintendo Minute holiday tradition where we would um, go and shop and then and do some sort of competition in the store and then give it away. Um it's funny how this this video that had this really rocky production thing started a, a really fun tradition because, I don't know, I feel like maybe the crew afterwards was like, do we really want to do that again? <laughs> <laughs> but we did, and it was, it was okay. We never had this situation happen again. So. so we were sort of aiming high with this first one because this store in the Redmond office, there is a really cool you know, Nintendo, it's branded Nintendo World, like Nintendo New York. They call it Nintendo Redmond. But it's not open to the public. And, you know, a lot of the office is off limits for filming. So we were really kind of shooting our shot to even ask, like, could we do this? Right, right. I remember we had to ask the, literally, like, the highest person in charge of operations at Nintendo that was also in charge of the store. And this this person is notoriously, he's been in the company for, like, forever, like over 35 years or something like this at this point. Um, you can hear my cat totally meowing outside, right? She's like, let me back in. <laughs> um, but uh, we were a little intimidated by him because he's has been known to be like very sort of strict about the filming policies, but also like a little bit of like brusque. Occasionally and grumpy. Grumpy. Yeah, yeah. He could like basically just like yell at you and make you feel dumb. So we were like, hmm, is he going to be mad that we even asked or like, is this going to be okay? But surprisingly, like very little pushback on this, on this idea of shooting a video in there. And they, and, and he was very much like, yeah, absolutely. We totally be okay with that. But just make sure you keep the filming sort of like, you know, inside the, inside the store. 
which is unpredictable nice. responses is becoming uh, a theme of our stories yeah, of Nintendo. Sometimes it works just out in our favor. Spin sometimes the wheel. It doesn't. Of, spin the wheel of reactions. Maybe you'll get, maybe you'll get chewed out. Maybe you'll get patted on the head. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that was the funny thing about Nintendo in general is like you never know where your idea was going to land and right. It, you know, sometimes sometimes getting a lot of no's makes you feel like you shouldn't try again. But then we do try, and then cool things happen. Like we get to do a shopping spree right, inside, right. The, inside the employee store. So, um, you know, Nintendo Minute was mostly a based in the Redwood City office operation. But we did have one person um, who was in Redmond, which is producer Hannah. Yes. And we asked her to go down to the store before we got there and really scout it out. And, you know, we needed her to come up with these clues for us to find all of these things. And obviously we couldn't be involved in that process because otherwise we ourselves would be spoiled. And that was, that was always kind of like a nerve wracking thing, I think for both of us, where it's like, we, you know, normally we we want to be as involved as, as possible, but in this case we had to be completely hands off or just wouldn't work. Yeah. And we were basically trusting producer Hannah and the, and the rest of the team um, to do kind of a lot um, for a Nintendo Minute video, which is usually just us sitting on the couch playing a game. So it was like kind of a lot going on already, just in like making sort of building out this like setup for the video. And the idea was that we would um, each get a list of scavenger hunt clues and we would have to go around the store and find those items. Um, if you got the item right, you get points. If you get the item wrong, you lose points. So there was a there was a bit of um, and this is important. This, this will well, co- become important element to what happens next. So and one, and one other impo- one other important detail of the rules we should get out up front is yeah. if you had time left over, that right. would also be a bonus for you. That's right. That's right. Um, if you had time left over. Right. So we go in there. I went first, I remembered. You did. And, um, you know, thought I did great. Um, didn't really have too much trouble with it. There were a couple things that I got hung up on, but I thought mm-hmm. overall I did pretty good. Yeah. And at that time, you know, you were kind of off in like a side room. Obviously, you couldn't right. see what I was doing. So we had we had no visibility into what the other person was doing, which was also a fun element of this. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was right. a surprise to see like, it was supposed to be a surprise at the end to see, you know, who who got the highest highest score because we didn't know going into it like what right. each other was was doing at all. And um, um, so I come out, you go in, but you are you are gone for a very long time, and I'm 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 wondering what is happening over there. Yeah, definitely. You had said the clues were not too hard. I thought they were pretty good too. Um, Producer Hannah did a really good job writing them, but there were some clues for sure that were like it could be one or like it could be two items that were pretty similar. So I took some time to do that, and then I was gone for a long time. And you were like, "What's going on?" It's like almost twice the time of how long it took you um, to do this. So I come back and. Really, like, the the worst-case scenario in terms of, like, producing something happened during that shoot to me, which is the person that was following me around the store with a GoPro camera to capture me doing the shopping spree part of it, like, didn't press the record button or just didn't record it at all. So the, the entire time that I was doing my run was, it wasn't captured on camera. At all. 
So I actually had to do it twice. And the second time I did it, basically, it was me like acting. The one that you guys see in the video is not real. Like I had already found all the items. I had already shopped. So I redid it. I like literally deserve an Oscar for this performance, I think, because I don't think anyone could tell that it wasn't real. Um, but I, I basically did it twice. And the second time I, I just had to like fake it um, and pretend like it was the, the first time through. Uh, I can tell you're already getting quite aggravated. I'm not. I mean, I'm we might saying. we might get another replay of this rant. I'm not um, getting aggravated. <laughs> so yes, uh, you come back. You're you're in quite a mood because it's like, gosh, I uh, had to do this again. That happened. How many times did we lose footage? I think three times total. We lost yeah. something. Yeah. This what? one was really bad though because not only did you lose, it wasn't like you lost gameplay footage and just have to replay the game again. Like you literally had so many reactions as you went around the store trying to find the items to redo that again. Yeah. Just like it really sucked because yeah. it not only was it annoying for me to do again, but it like the whole like spirit of the video hinges on the element of surprise. And I was like annoyed because I was I was thinking, well, if I didn't do a good job selling it, then like this video is going to totally flop. Right. Because you could tell that it was faked. Um, so I was just like really kind of disappointed about that part of it. So we both finish, <clears throat> we meet up again. I can tell you're, you know, one, one thing away from blowing your stack. Uh, but we go back <laughs> out there. We, um, they reveal the results and it turns out that we tied, which was unexpected and interesting. Right. And it's like, okay, well, that's great. You know, we talk about how we're giving everything to Starlight. It's great. We wrap up. <clears throat> and then after they stop recording, we go into the details of how the scoring went. And you seem to have some accusations about me uh, breaking the rules. You weren't breaking the rules. You were finding loopholes in the rules. I didn't make the rules. That's what you said during the thing. But it doesn't matter because you interpreted them in, like, the worst way possible. Then blame the per- the. So what? But why I, I would your brain go there? Is my question. Like, what? That's on the people has... who made the rules. No, but that's like on you for being like morally corrupt when you're interpreting rules and you find like the the loophole. It's like what a like a dirty lawyer would do, basically. This is a, this was a big life lesson for you that things in life can be interpreted more than one way. You're so black and white. I'm not. I'm. Life is I'm, gray areas. Life is gray areas, but you want to stay on the on the side of good, not on the side oh of like. Let me try to like you know be like try to like take advantage of the situation, which is exactly what you did. So the rules in the beginning, we so this were very important rules. <laughs> Remember, people, this is this is the ju- you guys judge him now, okay? Because I don't know. What I think. Anyways, the rules say. That if you get the item right, you get a point. If you get the item wrong, you lose a point. If you have time left over, yeah. you would also get some points at right. an advantage. So instead of trying to get all the items, or if you had a question about an item that you weren't sure about, which you had a few, you just didn't do anything. Well, and was, you just yeah. went there early <laughs> and stood there until so your there time was, was there up. was one that I was really, I forget which one it was. I was really stumped on one. And I said, you know, I'm not going to get this, but we have this. It's Again, it's written on the page, the rules. If I have extra time, I'll get this bonus. So I said, well, I'm just not going to do it, and I'm going to say I'm done. What's wrong with that? You just didn't try. 
This is how life works. Why didn't you try to like play the game? You know, it's like well, an Olympic athlete. That's well, we like, saw what happened when I tried every other challenge we did, and I beat you. You didn't so there, try. I tried hard. Look at look at the kitten crystal ongoing challenge board. We need to update that. It's not going well for you, is it? Do you really want me to try? So you anyway, should always try. So this, I mean, like it was it was this times about a thousand was your your. You were seeing red, really, and you just so went. Mad. You just went around the room. It's like Kit, blah 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 blah. You you did this on purpose. And again, there are so many words I I can't and shan't repeat on this uh, family friendly show. Producer Hannah, you made these rules, blah yada yada yada. You're the worst, also. I mean, poor poor producer Hannah. I don't was almost, think I yelled at producer. She Hannah. was almost in tears. No, she wasn't. Oh my god! Don't say that. I did not. Do, uh, I did not yell at her. And then, her last fault. but not least, the the crew. Which was not even our, our our usual crew, like you you really, I mean you you had saved the best for them. Oh my gosh! Well, they did not press record on the camera, which is literally their only job. <laughs> they showed contrition. They if said I, sorry. If I it, it, this is my job now to press record on the camera. If I said I didn't press record on the camera and you lost an entire two hour podcast, would you be upset with me? I think you would. I think you would be upset. I mean, I mean, thank goodness, uh, you know, Reggie wasn't walking down the hallway or, or he might have gotten some too. <laughs> Reggie, one more thing for you. Let me tell you what's up. <laughs> I mean, like, you were just letting letter. anybody and everybody just get blasted. I was so mad. Yeah. I was so mad. Again, I was mainly mad at you, though. Tom Cruise had nothing on this. My I'm gosh. still a little bit mad at you now, as you can see. <laughs> because we tied? No, because you didn't try. I didn't even you win. Misinterpreted the rules. If I was going to break the rules on purpose, I would have won. Jeez. You're doing it on purpose. <sighs> well, in the end, again, you would never know. It turned out to be a great video. It's, I just looked at it. It's like at a million views, so it did great. Uh, wow, classic, really? Classic and iconic. No, okay. <laughs> it's kind of a side thing. There was somebody that we worked with closely who said, when we started out, they're like, if you ever get a video that gets a million views, I'm going to buy you, I'm going to get you a cake. They never bought us a cake. Because that'll be a, a big milestone for you. And then we eventually had multiple, you so know, many. million yeah. videos. Million and never a peep out of this person again. How dare they? This person also was a betting man. A gambling oh. man, as we would say. Yeah. And he would make other people pay their bets. Like He, he would, would like intervene. Like, he would intervene yeah. as like the the person that like shakes you down ironically, to make sure you pay a bet. And ironically, he didn't pay his own bet. <laughs> the gambling morality police, ironically. Maybe I can <laughs> yell at him next because now I'm worked up. Oh okay? no, you're in a mood. The rest I'm of this pod, the rest of this podcast is going to be interesting. <laughs> Get what's him on that, the horn. What's in that cup, by the way? We're recording this at 10 in the morning. You're back from a week in Europe. I don't know what's in that cup. My gosh, I can't see inside there. La Vigne Rouge. Just kidding. That's not. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. But so, anyways, you would yeah. never know. The video turned out great. I was You'd never the, know. I was the world's best actress. Move over, Helen Mirren. Give me that Oscar. Um, Dame Helen? Dame Helen. Wow. Move on over. Okay. Meryl Street move over. All right. Wow. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and uh, no one dared to not press record on the GoPro camera ever again after that. Well, uh, next time it happens, you're going to have yourself to blame because you're responsible for all the camera That's work. That's what I'm saying. That's uh, why I'm careful. Operation. I'm very careful yeah. about it. <laughs> well, I'm very. very eager. I'm very eager to change the subject right now because you're uh, worked up. So uh, why don't we move on to our never a minute segment? Okay. 
And we did a fun little poll for our superstars leading up to this week. Um, Our superstars here in our Patreon community, they get to vote on um, things that they want to hear about in the podcast. So They're pulling the strings. They really are the ones in charge, honestly. Um, They picked this. So if you don't like it, you can blame them. (laughs) That's my excuse for everything. If you don't like it, you can blame them. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, But we are going to do a fun little... Never have I ever discussion. It could be juicy. How are your questions? There are they juicy? Um, I'm starting out big. I'm ready. I'm ready really? to go. Yeah, really. We we did three <laughs> questions. Three never have I ever statements each, and we're gonna see we'll see the, some of the things that you're you're keeping in that closet here. Your, your, what? Your, skeletons. What wow. kind of never have I ever skeletons do you I have mean, in that are, closet? We are yours? getting around to Halloween mm-hmm. season here. What's going on there? Um. Can I can I go first? I, I, again, I got a real. You're like itching to go here. I got a real good one to start us off with. All right. All right, let's do it. Go for it. First one is uh, never have I ever kissed an amiibo. Oh, I have. <laughs> and which one was it? It was a boat goblin. I oh, that's right. We had to do that in a video. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I mean, you had to do that. Because you spun the wheel and you had to kiss the amiibo, but outs—I mean, of your own volition—have you done? Oh, I've kissed that Chrome amiibo many times. Really? Oh yeah. Oh. I'm uh, I'm like I'm an inanimate object kisser. This is an, uh, this is an admission. This is, a, this is an admission. One thing of, about me. One thing about me. I am an inanimate object kisser. Like I was an only child, so I didn't have any friends or anybody to, growing up. So I was very like attached. I'm going somewhere with this, trust me. I was very attached to like my toys, you know, like stuffed animals or like it's kind of like a lonely kid. So just had like all these like stuffed animals and dolls and like whatever. And I definitely kissed my stuffed animals. I I, I kissed the Snorlax all the time. Okay. It's back there. So I have no qualms kissing an amiibo. I definitely um, had to do one for a video, but I also any I, any I, beyond I the chrome. Who else? I think I kissed um, King K. Rool. I kissed his little belly. It's a little <laughs> that's a okay. That's a, a good little one. kiss on the belly. Yeah, just, that's like, a good one too, actually. It's so cute. Yeah. It's so it just you just want to kiss it. Look at his belly. <laughs> I like it anytime the belly button is an X. Yeah, you want to kiss the X. It's like a like a King Hippo <laughs> like, uh, and in, then uh, also, Punch um, Out. Yeah, and um. Uh, piranha plant when you have oh jump on yes belly. Petey piranha Petey piranha <laughs> kiss that too it, has it, does this ever happen in real life if you get like a real bad Audi belly button could it just be a little X I always feel like it's like a boo boo and you need a kiss well it, it hurts because it's like it about to, to pop kiss it to make it better yeah like a boo boo my mom used to do that um I I thought about this. I actually don't know. It's not. It's neither yes nor no. It's unclear what? to me. Are you not an inanimate object kisser? Not really. Oh. So I, I really thought hard about this, and I was like, I, I can't say definitively whether I have or have not. Do you have one right now? Can you just kiss it now and get it over no, with? Do you have one within reach? I do not have. Do you have an amiibo within reach right now? What do I have? I don't have that. Dang. That could have been... A great moment for you to change from <laughs> I don't know to I have. I'll kiss who or what I want. <laughs> I'm going to take your orders from you. Well, you have to kiss things that give you consent, actually. <laughs> That's true. Not inanimate objects, yeah. but, but, you know, <laughs> other things. Uh, did, you, right. did you ever kiss your dog? 
Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So you weren't like opposed to, yeah. Okay. No, no. That My dog was not an inanimate object. I, I know. I'm just wondering like where your kissing began and I mean, where it, the kissing it, ends. It was, it was a bulldog. So it seemed like an inanimate object at times. <laughs> <laughs> just like, <laughs> kisses like wrinkled little things. I, I feel like I've kissed your dog before actually. Yeah. <laughs> Because everything apparently, so it's fine. All right, I'm going next. Yes, Ready? please. Never have I ever lied to a higher up or exec at Nintendo about a project I was working on. Absolutely not. Oh, I have. Oh, about what? You okay? First of all, let's break this down. Are you sure? Why you would never, I do that? You've never lied. Um, I mean, sometimes think you can, about it a little bit you harder. Can, you can spin things in certain ways. Again, this goes to our view of, uh, you know, telling the rules. Again, yeah, there's a lot of ways never... that you can look at things. And if I'm you delivering can... the information, I get to choose how it's delivered. That sounds like you have lied. No, I don't think so. Well, tell me yours. Sounds like you got a good one here. No, you, you, I want you to break. I want you to tell me an example of when you twisted the truth. I don't know if I have an example, but it's oh. like. She's like, oh, there might be a little detail I'm leaving out of like, oh, you know, this thing we're, we're maybe not not going so great on, you're on part of my status update. Maybe I'm just not going to tell you. Oh, because you just omit sure. certain parts of information, not right. outward. Right. If someone asks you directly, like, how is this specific thing But I wouldn't be going? like, well, well how, many, how, many, uh, how many Twitter followers do we have? I wouldn't be like, well, we've got 50 million, sir. <laughs> well, that's that's, well, that's not true. Also, you can just look and check. You can just look. You can't just lie. You have to be at least live. Be good at it, right? I always okay. like I always like getting questions from people that were like literally publicly available information. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that. How many people like this tweet? Yeah, well, let like, me well, look at Twitter. Five thousand. Uh, I can do the same thing you can do and look. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you mean you don't memorize how right. many likes, shares, and comments you have on every social media post yeah. ever? Why? Um, okay, so here's mine. Now, I know for a fact that we both did this, so I feel like you didn't. Well, hold on. Let me, let me hit yes on Reggie's invite to the to the podcast right now, so you can tell. <laughs> I him. didn't lie to him. And Reggie's in the in the chat. Okay. <laughs> Reggie has entered the chat. <laughs> what have you done? He's like, why were you shouting at people yeah. in the office, and why were you swearing at them, and then why have you lied? <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna fire you now, but it's too late. <laughs> but um, you have done this too, so I don't. I'm gonna call you out. On tell this. me. So we had a particular boss that we both shared mm. for a time that was very, um, let's just say, like one of those people that just needed to make comments on oh, sure. documents. Like oh, if, yeah. you, if you send this person like a blank document, like a blank press release yeah. or something like that, you just can't control his need to like – Make comments. Yeah. Or you could you could send him like an excerpt from like a classic pe- like like Charles Dickens. I'll send you a page of Charles Dickens and he would like mark that thing up. It like, was like, no, no, it's no, no, the no. best of times, it's yeah. the worst of times. And True? Like, like- <laughs> <laughs> Can you confirm? Can you substantiate? This sentence is uh, as awkward. Octod. He used to write oh. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna get this joke except yeah. for me you and like the 10 people that also worked for him so if you guys are listening please laugh along but he would he would always um abbreviate awkward to yeah the the letters a w k and period so Oct-dot. we would we we basically would be like oh here's the octoc comments anyways so this person notorious um for like marking up documents sure. and also notorious for having very little faith um, in documents that were in its early stages. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. So yeah, for yeah. example, if you send, we whenever we send this is very like boring like formatting stuff, but we would mm-hmm. send things to for review, like for approval, and it would be like the name of the document. So let's just say it's like Skyward Sword press release version yeah. one. I know. I know where you're going with this now. If this person sees something that has version one. He's going to immediately assume that you actually didn't do any work on right. this at all. You've sent him this like document that's going to that he's going to need to basically like insert a lot of his comments into because um, he, again, can't control himself. And then you're going to just get blasted with like a document that's completely marked up and with a lot of oct dots and if the sentence is true or false. So what I would do even if I had made no changes to this document is I would change the version to like version six. So then what, what do you mean? What you would do? I taught you how to do this. This is why you search. Well, you. no, listen, let's be honest here. You just My, taught yourself no. in a lot. Stop, stop. My version one is basically like your version six. Okay. So I'm just, I'm just leveling out the oh. playing field here. Am I wrong? No. I submit to you, audience. I taught this, this exhibit to you. here. This exhibit <laughs> here of this man, of this man, and his what? version of "quote unquote" am I the go- rules. Am I, am I his- guilty of thinking highly of myself? I guess and so. This, this I think the work speaks of, for itself. This version of "quote unquote" my rules versus your rules, <laughs> and what is a lie and what is not. I submit to you, the listeners, the viewers. Oh, you got me. You guys in court here decide. Okay, I. Let's he hear about all the times you lied to me, though. I never lied to you. Where, oh, okay. I thought that's what all this, this was all building up to, and I always no. lied to you because you were so <laughs> dumb. Um, <laughs> I never all right. lied to you. That was a long one. Let's go on to my second one here. <laughs> this is an interesting one. Have you never have I ever changed my personality while playing a game with voice chat? Like, have you kind of said like you know you, so oh. you know a lot of the like twelve the you know. Uh, iconic 12-year-olds playing Call of Duty are playing a tough guy. And they're probably not oh. that tough in real life. So have you ever, like, put on a different persona doing, like, random voice chat? I have never. <clears throat> okay. I have never. It might, be, might do, be harder for girls. It's a little bit harder for girls. I, I feel like, and I, I don't voice chat, chat that much. Period. Period. <laughs> yeah. Or ever. But even when I was playing, like, a lot of um, World of Warcraft, and, like, mm. I was, like, with, you know... Or Destiny. I was playing a lot of Destiny with like a lot of voice chat. Although I was playing with mostly friends. Um, with World of Warcraft, I was definitely playing with more strangers. But uh, yeah, I, I've never done that. I've always been yeah been me. That's never I, that's not worked out the best sometimes. But it yeah, I've never done that. Yeah, I actually don't think I've <clears throat> done this either. And I've I also completely fallen off of voice chat. I've like this. Yeah. Pe- people thought this was a good idea. It's actually a terrible. It's idea. It's actually awful. Yeah. But just the, those early years of Xbox Live on the yeah. original Xbox were crazy. Yeah. It was such a weird like social experiment of like how will people act when there's when complete you're... anonymity? Exactly. And yeah. a lot of people were not. They're not <laughs> being well themselves. I think they are not well. <laughs> Well, they're, yeah, they're definitely not being themselves. They're definitely not well-behaved. It's just almost like a, it's like something takes over them, and they're like, oh, I can just do whatever right, I want. I can right. like, be, like, wild and crazy and like totally. have no consequences at right. all. And, I mean, I guess when insane. you're just, you know, berating coworkers in the middle of an office, you, you just don't have enough, you know, filters or just to, like to even do that. lying on a daily basis, but you guess don't know it's a lie. how you get your kicks. Whatever. Okay. Yucks. Taking it out on poor... Producer Hannah Producer ran, Hannah was ran not, to the bathroom. 
a victim of this. <laughs> I just talked to producer Hannah this this weekend. Leave her alone. Are on great terms. Oh. Thank you very much. It's because she's um, terrified of you. No, she's not. Producer Hannah <laughs> later on became one of my direct reports. Oh my so gosh! How far does it go? All right, so that's my that's my second one. Okay, here's my second one. Never have I ever pretended to beat a game just to be part of the cool kids club oh. because th- the game was so popular. Well, no, I'm, I'm pretty open about not beating games or or using workarounds to to get to the end of a game. I am YouTube I am videos? still I am still working my way through these Xenoblade <laughs> Chronicles three videos. They are so long, like the. <laughs> From chapter like four to the end is basically one big cutscene. It's it's crazy. It's like a full length, um, like two hour movie at this point. It's more than two hours. <laughs> um, there was so in high school, um, or when when Ocarina of Time first came out, there oh. really was like a mania within the, my class, and there were a lot of people who didn't really play a lot of games who got into games because of that. Right, right. Like the quote cool kids, and it was it felt like a race to beat the game. Yeah. And I did, I feel like I rushed through it and I did Mm -hmm. finish it, but I did feel like I was kind of cheating myself out of some of the experience because it was like, I'll show the, I'll show them. I'm a real gamer. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there was some of that. I've definitely done that before too. So I think I, I, maybe I learned then that there's really not that much to be gained from, from this. Yeah. You know? But it's like yeah. you don't want to miss out on like the conversation or whatever right. people say. Like I don't, I want to be part of this like yeah, you know, conversation. But I uh, see, I have the I, so I've never I've never done this. <clears throat> I've always beaten the game. But my my like downfall to my that always is a detriment to me too. Is I'm so stubborn that I would just like grind it through. That is the, absolutely true. Till the absolute bitter end. So people have like completely moved on from this game, but I'm still like trying to beat it. And I won't, yeah. I will relentlessly not let go of it until I do it, which happens to me all the time. Cause a lot of these games have really hard endings, <laughs> you know, like hard bosses at the end. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but so sometimes I'm like, even if I try to beat it when, when the game was popular, I kind of fail but I, I won't. I won't give up. Still, I'll just. I'll just keep going until um, until I beat. It. I feel like this is ha- what happened to me with Metroid. Yeah, like the whole office beat the game like ages and ages ago, and like right. two weeks later, I was like, "God, I finally <laughs> beat it!" And then no one cared. And they were like, "Whatever, <laughs> go." Okay. Um, okay, you go next. Last one, right? Uh, yes. So never have I ever lied to myself <gasps> about liking a game. A lie to yourself. Right. You play played yourself. Oh, like you convinced of like, yourself? Like, I love this game. This game's so great. And you actually have a moment of realization of like, no, I actually hate this. Mario Kart 64. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, I caught you uh, on video saying that was your favorite Mario Kart game. And then years later, you said you hate it. I feel like this could be a lot of games that you, maybe like a lot of older games that I've played that I... Mm you have like some formative experience, whether it's like, oh, I remember playing this with my parents or I, I had this really great moment with a friend. So it's like not even about the game anymore. It's about like the experience of playing the game. And so you look at it now with like those rose colored glasses on. And if you go back to it and try to play it again, you're like, this actually sucks. This game is the worst. Well, I think um, also for us, you know, during our Nintendo years, this was we could have fallen victim to this a lot because we had such a different perspective than the normal True. person. Cause we were like involved in it. We were invested in it. You know, we yeah. were often asked to, you know, speak publicly positively about these games. Mm-hmm. So 
you could trick yourself if you didn't get a bit of distance from it. That's so true. And especially with um, games that are a little bit more like out there, like the, you know, like the more like we fit like that kind of Nintendo product that like may not be up like everyone's alley, you know, and then you because you're working there, you're like, oh, I have to like like this. I think Ring Fit is that might be that game for me. Oh, where in the beginning I was like, no, this is like on paper is something that I should really like. Like I like, I, you know, I like you know doing this. This game looks fun with the RPG stuff, and then like it has like the workout element, which I also like. But then like I actually don't like that game. I know people do, and I think people, other people yeah, say it's a yeah. great game, but I just don't like it. Yeah, I, th- I think I I've actually done this to myself a number of times. Where I, I just I really wanted to like something, and for a time I I convinced myself that I did. I think an example is um, Star Fox Zero, which before oh. it came out, I think deep down I had some real concerns, but I was just like, "Yeah, this is going to be great." Mr. Miyamoto's involved, Platinum Games, like yeah. how could they 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 wouldn't make a bad game, right? Right. And then I remember playing the final game, and just this sinking feeling of like. No, I hate this. And then the last boss that was completely unplayable. That I completely just rage quit on the you last boss. You rage quit out yeah, of it. Yeah. 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 I definitely played that game. I don't think I liked it. I, I think you were it. much quicker than I was to get to that point. I beat that game. You beat it? Yeah, I played that oh. last boss. I beat the last boss. Wow. I played it co-op, though. That's the only way you oh, can yeah. beat that. Yeah. That's the only way you can beat that game. It is so hard to play that game by yourself. Um but I didn't really like it. I did. I did. I kind of forced myself to play it as well. Yeah. So I guess that, yeah. Then, then we both have an, I have for that one. Huh? All right. Ready for my last one? Yes. Never have I ever spent more than $1,000 on something gaming related. Huh? $1,000. So this could be like systems, obviously, and, or like special editions, statues, thousand dollars is a lot of money. Um, it's a lot of money. I did buy. What year would this have been? This would have been like maybe twenty ten or twenty eleven. I did say like I'm going to make a push to get back into PC games, mm. and I bought this like Alienware like PC, and I spent a lot of money getting like I got like a, a gamer mouse and stuff like that. Oh wow! And. I have to think that was probably over a thousand dollars, and I just couldn't stick with it. It's like I, right. I, ju- I just have a lot of hangups with PC gaming, where just too often stuff doesn't work the way it should, or it doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it requires you to be so hands on with the upkeep, and that's just not what I want out of games. So yeah, you know, I probably you know gave it like a year, but I fell off pretty hard. After that, and I, it, it would take a lot to get me into PC games. So I think that's a yes for me. Wow, I think no for me. I think, I think the most expensive thing that I have is the PS Five. Mm. Yeah, you set the bar pretty high. Thousand dollars. I was that. That's where I think Whoa. I. I you know anything. I'm willing to spend on video games. Obviously, something that I love to do. I'm, I'm always like even with new consoles and stuff. Even even when the PS Five is like so expensive, I was like, no, I need. I want to. I want to buy this. You know, like I want this. But I think a thousand dollars is like that's when you really like. Do I really need? You didn't get that thousand dollar V buck package. I should have. You were deep <laughs> into V bucks for a while. I was. I had like a V buck problem. We would occasionally get just like these random 
like, oh, freebies at Nintendo of like, oh, here's here's a hundred dollars eShop credit, and you would just put it straight into V Bucks for some exactly. reason. Exactly. I would. What were you doing with that? Getting dances? What, I, what I were you doing? Be, I, yeah, I wanted emotes and like the. Um, you wanted to? I just wanted to floss. <laughs> I wanted to floss so bad in the cool outfit. Come on, <laughs> don't judge. Okay. Oh no. I had a big a V buck problem. You I, really I like, did. I kind of like addicted to it a little bit. So. <laughs> wow. I don't know why. It was weird. Okay. Okay. No shame. Well, that is that is the the never a minute segment for the week. Wonderful. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, we're on to the games we're playing. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what you had a chance to play because you were uh, on this trip. Why don't, why don't we just start with whatever you could get to? Yeah, I've been. I actually got pretty deep into Bear and Breakfast while I was on this oh, good. trip because I, I think I mentioned um, in the last episode I played on the plane. I so I started it, but yeah, throughout the entire trip I had um, some you know train rides. I had another obviously long plane ride back. Um, and like in the evenings when I was just like, you know, relaxing and stuff, it was a great game for exactly this kind of what I needed at the time. You know, I didn't want to jump into like a big story-based game or a big, you know, action-based game or anything like that. It was like a nice way to relax. And that game, like I kind of figured it out. Like I had a little bit of a, a block with the controls, like it's again, I think I mentioned this, like a lot of buried menus because it's a PC game. So I can see why the pointing and clicking and the keyboard would be really helpful. I wish I wish they did like touch screen because that would have been really nice. I would have made it a lot easier. But um, you're just like it, it's like really hard to get used to what buttons to press to bring up what menus. And I, I think I finally figured it out after just like playing it for a little bit longer. But what I really love about it is that you literally do not stop at the first location. Like I, I thought that you just like build a bed and breakfast in the woods and that was kind of it. But you get to unlock like all these other locations. Like one is like a desert motel with like a diner. One is like this like um, farm like up in the hills with like a waterfall it has like fall vibes. You're like gathering a lot of like fruits and vegetables and like mushrooms and herbs to make to, to do like cooking recipes. That's like a new addition to the game. And then I haven't unlocked some of it, but one of it looks like more of like a city. So hmm. it actually has a lot more variety than I thought. And yeah, you're doing like everything from like sort of the, you know, the, the building, the crafting, like the resource management part of it. Um, and then now they've introduced cooking, which I really like. Some of the recipes are so cute. Um, and there's lots of really good, good, cool characters that they've introduced as you go to different locations. So it's actually really like deep. I did not realize this when I was first learning about this game, but really love it. And it's really cute and fun and like very cozy. I'm in the farm area right now. So it's like, very again very fall vibes and i've been making like mushroom soup for my residents and decorating their rooms with like cozy quilts and stuff so nice it's very i really like it i think everyone should play it now back to the controls would you say they they clicked or you had just done them so much that you just had like the muscle memory to get through it i think i had the muscle memory to get because i'm still confused sometimes i was looking at the comments from the last episode and a lot of people said the same thing you did of the yeah. controls on the switch are a little clunky. So, so it sounds like you would still want them to maybe if they could do a bit more work. Yeah. It would be great if they could like the way that you select the menus is you, you 
obviously use the buttons, but you also use the stick. And then it doesn't like trigger, right? Because you have, it's like, it's, sometimes you're looking at like five different menus. So you have to like select the first menu, click it, select the thing that you want, go to the next menu, click it. And then, but it doesn't like map correctly oh. sometimes. So you're just like, go over or like, I mean, it just, and then I'm always like, why is this not a touch screen? Like, I, I'm, I, I don't know. This it might be like really, really hard to implement a touch screen, but like, if they could do that in like a up, in an update or something, that would literally be like a you know like a huge hmm. game changer for that for that one little flaw that they have. Okay. Um, yeah, but I'm glad I'm, I'm not the only one. I, I definitely have gotten a little bit better, um, just like from muscle memory and from doing the same thing over and over again. But it's it's not easy. The controls are definitely not easy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, did you have a chance to participate in the Splatfest? I did. I was oh, really, really? I was really happy because I got home yesterday around noonish, um, and I was like, "Oh, good! I still have a couple more hours." And I pledged allegiance to Team Grub, which ugh, lost again. <laughs> Andre Seegers from Game Explain and I were like, "Both two for two lost. Like, what's the deal? Um, maybe we're bad luck." But I played a couple of matches in that. Um, I realized because I was off of Splatoon for a, a little bit because of the traveling and not being able to have like consistent like Wi-Fi or whatever, uh, people have gotten a lot better and I have not. So it's not going well for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, congratulations to Team Gear, who was the winner. Uh, I don't think people saw that coming. That was like the boringest <clears throat> choice, guys. My, I just want to put it out there of like, is there something fishy going on about the matchmaking in Splatoon 3? I can't put my finger on it, and obviously I'm not an expert in matchmaking, but it feels like some of these results are maybe not playing out how they would if there was a different approach to matchmaking. So, for example, my my win percentage in Turf War is, like, pathetic. Yeah, it's me like, too sub 25%. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, like the team that I'm in, like we're getting spawn camp. Like it's going that badly. Yeah. That happens twice. Did I get matched up against a team of like regulars who are super high level? And I'm just like these, these random beginners. Like that shouldn't be happening. I, I was matched up with against a group that was like a titled group. Oh, and they all had bad, like those gold badges under their names. And they they basically spawn camped us for like the entire the, the it was like two percent to like ninety eight percent it was something like that yeah and I saw crazy. a lot of people griping in the splat fest of like oh you know I either got too much or too little tricolor turf war or I ended up you know fighting somebody who was on my team I got none so I'm like what and and I can't recall enough of like did early Splatoon two have these sorts of issues did they eventually work this out I just can't remember yeah, but this is kind of standing out to me as as kind of an early potential challenge for this game yeah it wasn't super fun honestly I didn't play very much I just played yesterday towards the end of the Splat Fest but the matches that I played I felt were I think I only won like one out of all the ones that I played and it just yeah it felt like I was against a team that was like impossible it wasn't evenly matched at all yeah we see this a lot also in in our discord I'd say people who identify as like average players feel like they're below average because they're getting matched up yeah in these impossible matchups where they're just gonna get stomped so that's kind of a bummer and I'm sure they'll keep 
tweaking that stuff. But when you think of like keeping, maintaining a player base and, you know, trying to maintain a player base that is not the diehard Splatoon fan, that seems like they should hopefully put that at the top of the list. Yeah. I was going to say like maybe more weight on fixing that versus it like for people that just, you know, are always going to play Splatoon and play, play it competitively. Like, especially for Splatfest where it's such a, an event that sort of gets people of all skill levels in like have that be something that you prioritize new players. Cause I yeah. definitely didn't feel like I, <laughs> as a, a pretty like mediocre Splatoon player or like, I'm, I feel like I, I should be an average Splatoon player. Like I just, yeah, I, I felt like I had no chance um, to, to really like get ahead at all. So. You got to get on this aerospray MG like I did. You just got to swallow your pride. <laughs> Noob cannon. I'm doing great now. I get, I get worked by the people with the bubble urinal. The, 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 <laughs> the bucket. Pee, the the slosh bucket. Just just the bubbles. <laughs> just I cannot. Like I'm like, where are you coming from? Like, where well, are you? The maybe it's time are for you to switch. The, I don't even have that weapon unlocked, so I cannot even I wanted to. I'm sure you've got some version of that you can get. Ugh, it's not it's time to switch. Uh did you do you have a chance to play anything else? Nope. Those are the only two right. that I played. Yeah. Uh, I have been continuing to play Lost Judgment, which is a great time, continues to oh, be. Yes. Uh, remember last week, I had just done like the first hour, so I was a little confused. I was like, I know this is in Yokohama eventually, but I'm in Tokyo, and like, where is this going? So I'm in Yokohama now, but I've spent like the majority of my time, the story seems to be really focusing on this um, story in a high school okay where there's these stories of bullying inside the school that is kind of attached to this big big very public case that's happening through that has the attention of all of japan and the head of the school has brought in your detective agency to sort of help them find out what's going on and try and root out any of these issues with with bullying that might be going on oh wow so it's a, again, you know, as with these Yakuza games, they, they're they not afraid to tackle these kind of big, real-world, like, actually important like topics. social issues and topics and in stuff? A very, in a very mature way. But at the same time, like, they sprinkle in enough just absurdity that keeps you on your toes. And it's just, like, <laughs> I, being able to, like, nail those two things of, like, the super serious and the super silly, it's like... I, I can't think of too many other games or studios that can do this. Yeah, I love that, though. I think it it keeps it, you know, feeling like there's a lightness to it so that you know that you're still playing a video game. But also, it, it does, you know, talk about some of these, like, bigger bigger things that maybe societally are actually taking place in Japan. Um, so, yeah, always interesting. Are you still doing a lot of, like, the detective, like, looking at the scene and interrogating? Like, is it more so that or... There's Does been a bit feel- of that. Okay. I'm I'm glad there's not too much because that's oh, probably okay. what I would want to be doing the least. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been pretty story heavy the last couple hours, which is which has been fine because it's been it's been interesting and I like the characters. Um, been a, a pretty good amount of fighting, which is great. The fighting, like you're just beating up these high schoolers. Okay, you're this kind of like middle aged detective guy who's like a kung fu master, oh. and you're just you're just stomping these students, which is kind oh, of no. funny. I mean, they had it coming, believe believe me. But um, <laughs> I don't know if that, I don't know if they, if every game again would would you know want to want to go that far. I like how <laughs> the 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 um the solution to bullying is just beating up beating more up people. more people. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
good, good, yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. So again, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. It's it's a very good contrast to a you know traditional Yakuza game, but it sure. still has enough of that feel of you know that world and the, and that developer that, yeah. that I feel I feel the connection and I'm liking it. I like that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Cool. Um, the other thing I checked out, and this was just very briefly, uh, Shovel Knight Dig. Ah, yes. We got some code for. Yeah, yes. you should. You should. Um, so we saw this like in passing at PAX. We did, yeah. And I think just based on the name, I had gotten when I would had first heard about this, I was getting it confused with the other like the puzzle game that they had put out like maybe mm-hmm. a year ago. The one that was like weirdly hard. Yeah, so my brain wasn't completely registering what this was. So I think I maybe like wrote it off at the time, but this is kind of like a like I think they, you know, call it a, they call it a roguelite. Um, but the idea is you're actually digging like down into a, a big hole and trying to get as far as you can get. Okay. Um, and you know, when you die, you go back to the beginning and there's some stuff that you lose and there's some stuff that that carries over and you can upgrade yourself. So that's, you know, that's a proven addictive, um, gameplay loop. Um, but it's very reminiscent of the steam world dig games. Um, which is, which is a good thing. It's a very good thing. Um, but in, you know, sometimes in those games you're going more like left to right. It's kind of a yeah. big open big area. And this open it, map. Yeah. yeah. In this one, it's it's kind of you're going straight straight down down a lot of the times. Okay. So that gives it kind of a little bit of a feel of that game down well, where it's just go down, down, down. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that game was um, too. It feels very much like the original Shovel Knight games. Like they there mm. are like actual boss encounters or, or real enemy encounters where you need to you know, do more than just hack away at it. Um, yeah. So I appreciate that, that it feels, you know, appropriately actiony in is those there any parts. platforming at all, or is it just like the digging aspect? Well, sometimes you need to actually think about like where to dig to make yourself a platform to get to certain spots, oh, or if you want to get certain treasures, cool. you can't, so you can't just always be blindly digging Blindly down. going down, okay. Right, right. And there are a lot of branching paths as well that are kind of neat where... It's like, well, I can, you know, go this path and try and get some treasure or go this path and try and get this item. I got this item that let me kind of like turn into a ghost and go through walls briefly, oh. which turned out to be really useful. Um, again, I only played this for like the first hour and I got to the first boss and and wasn't able to make it. This was all just last night. So I'm going to keep going. But um, oh, fun. it's pretty cool. It's very different from, it. you know, a normal Shovel Knight game, but it feels yeah. properly Shovel Knight. I don't, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, when are we going to get the next, like, you know, Shovel Knight Two or whatever, yeah, like whatever the, they want to call it? I'm, yeah, I'm like kind of ready for that. Full like game again. I know, me too. I feel like we had so much DLC. They were all really good, but the original, like Shovel Knight, we haven't seen, you know, an update to that for so many years now. I feel like when so, I think of yeah. Shovel Knight, I still think like, oh, that's that's a brand new franchise. That's only been around for like a year or two, and I think the no. first one came out in like 20. 20- 14 or something it's pretty it's old at this point a long it's almost like nearing like that like nostalgia mark yeah, I know. which is kind of crazy when you think yeah. about it you know yeah and how far that studio came, oh my gosh like un- unbelievable like the how where it started yeah that, like, that I, is, I, re- I do replay that game on occasion and that game mm-hmm. still is is absolutely amazing oh, so yeah i i am really ready for another one of those whenever it happens me too me too i love i mean those games are really hard for me but i really love it I have a very um, embarrassing memory of me playing that game at an event when we were still at Nintendo when they first showed the game, and I could not get past 
like this part and the person that was there was oh. like, oh my gosh, this is the worst like person. <gasps> no. So embarrassed. It was, it was embarrassing. Anyways. All right. <laughs> um, and then just, you know, in the camp of what we've been playing, like we said, we did play Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Check out the yes, video for that. So good. Yes. Um, I love that game. I, again, I have my full impressions in that video. I, I did want to say, though, this is probably neck and neck with God of War for me now as far as like the 2022 games I'm most excited for. Like hyped for? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. absolutely shot up there for me. So... I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I was super impressed with it. I'm definitely pleasantly surprised that some of the things that I didn't love as much in the first one seems to all have been improved. Like the more like open battles, the easy mode, like all these things make it just feel feel like it's enough of a departure from parts of that first game that I didn't love as much. Um, that is makes, making me excited to just like, play the full game myself and see. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I've been wanting to, I like want something new to play. So October can come now, please. And so we can get some of these bigger games for the Yeah. That's, later. that's out right around the same time as, as Bayonetta. So I'm guess I'm opting yeah. for that over Bayonetta. Mm. And then, check out Bayonetta still. and then God of War is not, not far after that. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, we're, we're kind of, having a nice little lull in between big releases right now where you can it's actually nice, yeah. play what you want and take a breath, but it's going to... The other, the other game that I'm really kind of curious about, it's on Game Pass now, it's um, Loop Hero, or not Loop Hero, uh, Death Loop. Um, oh, yeah, you've been Loop talking Hero about Loop Hero is a good game too, but Death, Death, Death Loop. I, I've been meaning to check that one out. I'm probably going to do that this week. Um, I just read a, a thing that they do have like a, a story mode that's like very short. It's only like 10 hours or something like that. So I'm kind of curious. I, I know that yeah, you should do it. gotten like a ton of, you know, accolades and stuff and it, it looks kind of hard. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But um, might as well. You know, it's on it's on Game Pass. So yeah, I haven't easy, I haven't played that game out. at all, but I know people who have really like it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. check that out this week, too. All right. Cool. That's what we're playing now on to the news. It's um, I'd say it was a light ish news week for us here. Um, well, but, after the week, the news week from the last week, yeah. I think we need, all need a little break, honestly. But we're starting with a big one. Oh, boy. Out of nowhere. We've the learned Mario movie. The, the Mario movie teaser is coming on October 6th as part of New York Comic Con. Yes. Sounds like they're doing a big, like, 45-minute um, panel or event where people can go and watch that. Mm-hmm. And then they also announced that the movie's releasing April 7th. I don't – I think that date was new. Um, I think they had just put out kind of like a placeholder-ish They date. said April, I think. Okay. So now April yeah. 7th, we know that's the date. So mm-hmm. we will absolutely be reacting to that. Although at this point, they haven't I completely confirmed, I think, whether the teaser is going to be actually posted online. Like I know yeah. like when like Marvel does their panel at Comic-Con, they don't always become, release those things. Yeah, like the Hall H panels are, they don't release the actual trailer. I mean, you'd this, think they would because this is pretty close at this point. Yeah. I, w- I need to see this. Well, we're all going to need to see it. <laughs> we're going to need to see Chris Pratt singing on a warp pipe. So. Uh, Chris Chris Pratt has chimed in. The world needed to know. He yeah. said he was blown away by it. 
shocking. The movie, he was blown away by the movie that he's in. Amazing. I mean, I'm consistently <laughs> blown away by this podcast. Just take it from me. <laughs> I mean, I cannot believe the quality of this thing. Um, what, so what do you think we get in this? I mean, calling it a teaser implies that it's going to be short. It's going to be short. Do you think, so obviously we'll see... Do you think we Something. hear the vo- do you hear his I voice? I think we we I think we hear his voice. I think we do hear. Maybe it's a very, you know, short thing. It's I think, a yeah. me. I, I I was gonna say I think it ends with him saying like some iconic like let's iconic go. Iconic Mar- yeah, iconic yeah. Mario line. Right. Mama so I think Mia. It might be like a minute-ish <laughs> in length. And you know, you see some of the world, you see some of the characters, but that's probably I'm feeling the only dialogue necessarily that you're going to get is like it's like a one-liner exactly yeah but it'd be cool to see like the style the maybe they'll show the world a little bit you know yeah, like a yeah. glimpse of that um i'm imagining some sort of like drone overview of the world and then it kind of zooms in on like some of the iconic characters and there's like some like cute little action whatever like you got it you got a smash see mouth the- song plays <laughs> Coming to theater yeah. April 7th. In a world <laughs> where nothing is as it seems. <laughs> Mamma mia. And then it goes, Mamma mia. Smash cut to the, the Smash Mouth song. Sma- yeah. <laughs> I have this song in my head right now. I'm not going to sing it because we can get demonetized. Yeah. We can't, we can't, Don't we can't do it. Sing a lick of that song. No. Um, but I'm just know that I'm seeing it in my head as we tease this trailer. But uh, but yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I know you're really I, nervous. Or, I'm on said, pins and ner- needles about you're this. You're nerve sighted. I am on pins and needles. It could go so many different ways. Could be great. Could be yeah. terrible. This could be. It, it really could be a um, I don't know a watershed moment for this movie. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I mean you, even more. I mean it's like yeah, it's like direct. It's like yeah, you want to know what's there, but you have a feeling. You know, kind of what the format is. It's like be, yes, I've I've know? seen I've seen a Nintendo video game before. I know what they tend to yeah look like, but this you know is what like a trailer for that everything is on the table. Yeah, everything. And also, like, there's not a lot of inspired confidence from what's been happened. So <laughs> what's happened so far? So it's like you, you kind of yeah. And you, you don't want to, you know, set your expectations where it's like, oh, gosh, like now I'm going to be extremely disappointed because it's going to be some, yeah, some like cheesy right, nonsense, right? right? It's like, ooh, ooh, nervous, yeah. So what do you make of them doing this 45-minute event? It's, I imagine there'll be some somebody, like do you think some of the cast will be there? Do you think Mr. Miyamoto will be there? Um... Maybe the cast will be there. I'm not sure. How are you, how are you filling 45 minutes for a one-minute teaser? I definitely – so I think that maybe Chris M- – what's his name? Chris Melodondre? Melodondre, yeah. I think Not Chris probably, Pratt. Which, which Chris will be there? There's too many Chris's. <laughs> they are. Not Christopher Ellis either. No. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Christopher Ellis will be there. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I think some of the cast will be – dude, a lot of celebrities go to New York Comic Con. I know San Diego is like the big celebrity one. Like I don't You've really seen, hear about There have been more movie-ish things okay. happening. Um, I, I do think Mr. Miyamoto will be there. You think so? I, I have a feeling cause he's so invested in this project and it's been such a long buildup and you know, we, we've done trips with him in New York. He likes to, he loves going to New York. He does love New York. I think, I think he wants this kind of, he wants to see the reaction. He wants to be a part of it. I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I hope that he is, I mean, I, I think it'd be great if he was there and it's always nice to see Mr. Miyamoto and, and see him outside of, you know, the, the confines of a Nintendo Direct or whatever, or like a, a really awkward shareholders meeting and see him in his element of doing something that he's actually passionate about. So great. I, I hope that he's there, but yeah, yeah I mean, there, there might first, be, yeah, do you, I mean, this is, so again, they have 45 minutes to fill. Is there something else that they might reveal in addition to the teaser? Like, Oh, here are some characters that you didn't see in the teaser. Oh, sure. Who there they like flash an image of like, oh, and here's, mm-hmm. you know, Donkey Kong. And yeah, yeah. There might be more this. like minor cast members that they want to introduce during this. Oh my gosh. Because there's probably going to be a lot of characters represented. There, there's so here. many characters, and you, they're obviously not going to be all in a one-minute trailer. Yeah. Um there's just a lot. I, I I'm already bracing myself for this. You seem like you're not going to make it. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I mean this. This is this is very like. I know. I could. I could be in a bad place if this doesn't go well. I need this to go well. I know. Like Mr. Miyamoto, who also needs it to go well for other reasons. Well, he he made this different reasons. Um. So yes, different reasons. That was the big news last week. Right. Um, Right. Also, this morning, just this morning, (laughs) some news about E3 came out. I don't know if you saw this. They have announced dates. Okay. uh, And they they also announced they're doing this thing that I think we were hoping they would do, business days and public days. Oh, yeah. So uh, business days. Goodness, it's a long stretch of time. I was going to say, June 13th through 15th, June 16th through 17th for the public. And then they said starting June 11th um, will be these partner showcases, which are press conferences or Nintendo Directs or, or whatever. So yeah, I guess that I don't have a calendar in front of me, but that looks like it's a full week. I guess June 13th is probably a Monday and that goes, I should probably check actually. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking right now. I'm looking at a is, calendar. That's a, that's basically a full week right there. Yeah. That's a lot. June 11th is a Sunday. Okay. And the 17th is a Saturday. So it's literally yeah, that's like smart. a full yeah, week. To have yeah. one public day on a weekend at least. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. We'll see. See who I mean, participates, it's, obviously. It's a step in the right direction because the the business and public part of E3 never felt like it worked. Like it never jived, yeah. And I felt I honestly felt bad for the public because that show is not made for the public. So no. I, it does make me wonder, are people going to build their booths differently knowing they will have to accommodate both? Will some people like change their booths a little bit? Obviously, you can't right. build another booth, but is there something you can modify from business into public to make it better for them? Um, but this is, a, this is a step in the right direction. And, you know, yeah. we were just at PAX, which is a, um, read pop event, which was extremely well run. I think it that was, was so well run. I That's mean, a we, good vote in that. In we've that. been to a lot of PAXs and that was probably the best run considering all the other stuff they had to deal with this year. Yeah. Um, it, I, I definitely feel, I feel pretty, pretty good. I, again, it, it all mm-hmm. comes down to the content and stuff, but as far as the event, they can do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about which companies are going to get back into this. Like, does it feel, you know, does it feel like it's worth it um, if not all the, the big ones participate kind of thing? Like, that's going to be the real tell. I don't have any worries of it, of it being, like, a well-run event. I think that's, at this point, seems like we figured that out, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's just going to, it's going to be a matter of, like, 
are do people is this still relevant enough for people to participate in a big way? Yeah. And if it's not, and they don't, I, I think it it doesn't work anymore. Like it won't work ever again, kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. All right, our last story. This is this has kind of been building. Um, there's been a big resurgence of Cyberpunk 2077. So CD Projekt came out and said they have had over a million active players uh, every day mm-hmm. last week. And it's kind of coinciding with this Cyberpunk Edge Runners show, which is on Netflix. And there's also a big-ish new patch for the game that's bringing a lot of people in. Um, I binged uh, Edge Runners last week. And you it loved it. Excellent. Excellent. Um I mean, we we fairly recently played that game, yes, so it was we still both pretty, fairly, yeah, pretty fresh in my mind. But mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking, like, gosh, CD Projekt has done a great ne- uh, Witcher show, and now they've done a great Cyberpunk show. This is a good formula that they works have really well for them. This is kind of a secret talent that they have that they are getting a lot out of that a lot of companies have not nailed yet. Yeah, and this is like something kind of obvious. Like if you have great IP that you can make into other media properties, like why wouldn't you kind of thing? And to do it well and to grab like people that are not playing the game through this is so incredibly smart. I have not watched the the show yet because I was away last week, but I'm going to watch it. I'm going to binge it this week. I'm so excited. I beat the game recently and I really loved this game, even though I know I had like a rocky start. I think you you and I both talked about this when we were both playing, didn't have any issues. Yeah, that stuff's Um, been fixed. And it's been fixed, exactly. And um, to see that the show really did, you know, cause this huge like resurgence in active players is like, it's pretty awesome because, I mean, like, what else are you going to do to recapture people's interest for a game that came out, like, like almost nearly about a year ago, right, at this point? Yeah, yeah. Um, so super smart, and uh, I'm, I'm so glad this show is good. Um, and, yeah, I can't wait to watch it. The show's really well done because it, it comes across as something that you don't really need much knowledge of the game to get into, just like yeah. The Witcher as well. And they do a good job of explaining you know, the key points of the world, but there's a lot of nods to the show or excuse me, to the game where there's like certain characters that you'll see or a lot of times settings. Like I'll just see like some random street corner. It's like, Oh, I recognize that a hundred percent. Oh, cool. Um, and most of the characters, the main characters are original new characters, but there's just enough there for the people who played the games to feel like they're a little insidery with it. Okay. Um, but oh, yeah, it's that. it's really well done. Um, hopefully, they 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 make more of that. And I saw they just announced um, season three of The Witcher's coming yeah. this summer, which is exciting. That's really exciting. I can't yeah. wait to get back to that show. I thought that season two left us on a pretty awesome cliffhanger. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, this they definitely know what they're doing with this, and they should definitely keep doing it because these these shows are really good. So right, right. Uh, well, that's the news for the week, and now we are on to questions from our Patreon community. First question comes from Bruce Stash on She-Hulk episode six. Minor spoiler: I've seen it. I don't. I don't consider this to be much of a spoiler, so we're going to talk okay. about it. There is a scene where Mario Kart is mentioned, as well as a group playing on the Nintendo Switch, which made me wonder. How does Nintendo product placement like this work with TV and film? And does Nintendo pay to make a scene like this occur in media? Uh, She-Hulk's a great show, by the way. You should all watch it. Great show. Uh, actually, it's the other way around. <laughs> I think, well, there's th- there's two sides to your question. I think when um, 
and I, I used to weirdly have some role to play in this um, at Nintendo where a lot of just random companies would reach out and ask about product placement for movies or, or TV shows. Um, this happened a lot during the Wii age, obviously, because Wii was so popular. And if you want it to be quote unquote, like relevant or have like a relevant product, you, you're going to need to have like, you know, if you want to talk about video game, um, we would always be the thing that people wanted to show. So we had this agency that um, would take care of that for Nintendo. So when I got a phone call from random TV producer that wanted to put something on their show, it would be forwarded to this media placement agency and they would basically work out the terms. But basically the um, you, you need to sign like a contract that allows someone to use your IP and, and that's how it gets included into the show. A lot of these organic product placements, Nintendo doesn't pay for it at all. And on the flip side, sometimes it, it costs the media company money to use the Nintendo IP because it's so popular. Um, but on the other side of that, there's always been, there's there's obviously like been times where like something is not as popular like Wii U and you want it to be in a show that, and you can put, pay for that as part of like the advertising um for it and it can be quite expensive to i think to do that but for the most part nintendo was pretty like was pretty much on the on the side where if someone approached them about including the products on a show they usually would do it and it would go through this like kind of boring process of getting a contract signed um for them to use it and these were things that would take a very long time in the legal realm to get figured out. So sometimes there were a lot of times I think we would have to say no, because it's like, well, we're filming Mm. this next week. Can you sign this form? And it's like, of course not. We have to put this through the legal process, which could take a long time. Yeah. Yeah. The the legal team has their form too. So if the company's like, I'll just sign your form. It's like two competing forms. Oh man. It's a Um, long, it's a big, it's a big job to manage that kind of stuff. We've done it a couple of times. So whenever I, whenever I would, yeah, we, we all got, these at some point, I was always glad to forward it on to be somebody else's headache. Yeah, someone else's problem. Because, that, that, you know, you, you do look at them and they're like pretty cool sometimes, you know, like a yeah. cool movie or TV show or something like that. And you're like, oh, yeah, this sounds like something that would be like great to have product placement in. Exactly. But, yeah. Uh, all right. We Trick has the next question. After hearing the firm corporate stance on Nuzlocke runs, has Nintendo ever internally discussed their views on games done quick? They now raise millions of dollars for charity every year, and Nintendo games are always front and center. Is speedrun a banned word in the office? Um, Good follow-up to our Nuzlocke conversation. Um, There's actually a number of people at Nintendo who are involved um, in -hmm. games done quick from certain, you know, different perspectives. Um, I don't... The company never had an issue with it. No. Obviously, you know, speed runs on their own are, are totally fine. It's where, you know, you start to get into like, oh, we've modified the game or, you know, they call them the tool assisted speed run. Right. The company's not a fan of those. They would not look to, you know, officially sanction those, but they also weren't going to go out of their way to shut this event down. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Especially with the, you know, the charitable component. I think they recognize yeah. that would be a, yeah. a bad look. Exactly. Yeah. 
Chase Yama has our next question. Hey, Kit and Krista, a bit of a controversial topic here. Uh The argument of video games having negative effects on society, like gambling addiction or violence, were there ever discussions or steps taken internally at Nintendo regarding this? Also, do you personally feel that these are prevalent issues in gaming? Well, yeah, I mean, we had people who were involved in these sort of cross-company, you know, panels talking about, you know, the role of these things, you know, the impact of, you know, these these parts of gaming on humanity as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we often, like, patted ourselves on the back, though, of like, well, we don't have any of these problems. Like, you know, we don't have yeah. this crazy violence. Um, so I think we... Th- saw ourselves as being slightly removed on a lot of these issues. Right, exactly. And, and Nintendo as a whole being slightly removed from a lot of these issues because of the family-friendly nature of most of the games that is on a Nintendo platform. But certainly there was like, there's also like a segment of Nintendo, like of, of the communications team that we worked on that handled like crisis communication and also government relations, which is like 100% not my cup of tea at all. Like I could never imagine myself doing a job like that. But that was basically what they had to do. They had to like look at these bigger, you know, social issues and come up with potential responses to questions if that ever comes up for for Nintendo or like the gaming industry as a whole. And then they also worked with like these lobbyists and stuff in the in government to like have these kinds of discussions with like legislators legislation and stuff which again sounds way over my head and something that would be very hard to work on but there there was definitely like teams um at the company that that were that were actively like working on these kinds of things now don't don't skirt the second part of this question do you personally feel these are prevalent issues in gaming Mm. tell us i feel like everyone is responsible for themselves unless you're a child and your parents are responsible for you. But you should be, you know, you kind of need to be responsible for your own decision-making. Like, you you know yourself best. You know if a game is going to trigger you in some way or be bad for you mentally or – it doesn't have to be a game. It could be anything. It could be, you know, a movie, a food, any anything that's an external thing that you could consume or or, or – have a relationship with like you know if it's toxic and bad for you so um i I think that's a decision that's going to be different and the the scale of that is going to be different for everybody so it's really it's it makes it difficult for like this governing body or like some some third party to be like this is where we draw the line like because that line can be really different for everybody so yeah that's that's kind of where i stand on this i i have been glad at some of the kind of disclosure requirements going into mobile games Mm-hmm. That that often can feel like gambling at times, yeah. Because you know, I, I think it was around the time we were talking about Diablo Immortal, and we were talking about how it's like, well, you know, it's easy enough to just not do it. You know, we did hear from a lot of people that say, like, you know, there's there's some portion of the the population that does struggle with that sort of thing and kind of sure. can't control their impulse when it comes to that. So it is good that they take steps to move it out of that and give people more information about what they are getting into with those sorts of games. Because yeah, that did feel like a part of gaming that maybe wasn't playing by the same rules as what you saw before. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The disclosure part of it and the transparency part of it is certainly, I think important. And 
I think you you to make a decision for yourself, you need to have all of the information laid out in front of you so you can make that decision. If if that is being withheld from you in some way and you didn't know going in what you were going to expect, then then that I, th- I think that is a problem. Yeah. And violence, I mean, you know, the the ESRB does extensive work coming up with those ratings. Like, you know, they are supposed to see every, you know, potentially, you know, element of a game that could influence a rating. Otherwise, there's huge penalties. So those those ratings are there for a reason. And, you know, I think at a certain point it, it comes out down to, you know, if you're talking about kids being exposed to violence, like, well, the industry is doing what it can to protect kids from that. And at a certain point, it, it's it's no longer their responsibility. So right, exactly. Um, I, I think it's the gambling in in kind of gotcha game aspect is one that I had my eye on, but it, I, I, I was happy with some of those recent changes. Yeah. Uh, Frulio has a question. What was it like overcoming language barriers when working with non-English speaking colleagues at Nintendo? How easy was it to form friendships despite the differences in language? Yeah, um, our immediate colleagues, I feel like that we worked with closely and, and daily um, and formed deeper relationships with. We Thankfully, they all spoke English, so that was not as difficult as maybe it, it could have been. But I will say that um, I feel like even though, you know, a lot of our developers didn't speak English, um, fluently, we were able to form really deep connections with them. You know, I remember, I recall, you know, being on a trip with Mr. Koizumi for the launch of Nintendo Switch, where we talked about all sorts of stuff. Like there was a translator that was there to help us with those conversations, but we had like very like, you know, deep conversations about life and each other. And, you know, not just about the business at hand of like launching the system, you know, it was very personal and um, I found it, you know, quite actually quite easy to form that connection with um, with him and other developers, um, either through translators or just through being open to having conversations in a different way or, or explaining things in a different way. Um, but yeah, and I, I never felt that like hindered us, you know, from from forming friendships with with people. Working at a uh, you know a bigish international company like Nintendo, you do come to recognize how many resources go into the communication par- part of things because you have so many people different speaking so many different languages, and then you also have the localization side of making the actual product appropriate for you know all the markets that you're in, but. Like there's a dedicated department at Nintendo that's called language services that is they're basically you know facilitating business communication between all the, the countries and like you were saying in our case we had people whose full job was to help us enable those conversations so the company was very well resourced from that standpoint and helped us to create those relationships I do wonder about you know, the challenges other companies might face that aren't as well resourced. And I could see that being a big hindrance. And I, I always think back to like, what was it Nintendo like in, you know, the eighties when it was not, you know, as, as established as it is now. And they were still yeah. figuring things out. Like how did anything ever get done? I mean, Just not only that. And then you probably didn't even ask. That's like the communicate, like how was, Obviously, there was much less communication because you didn't right. have email. You just had a fax machine. And like a memorandum or something. And it's like, it's just a completely different 
company and a completely different style of work at that point that feels so like far from what you could possibly like fathom now. And like, how could you ever go back to a world like that? Yeah. And and yet, and yet things happened and business happened and it's like, did we, do we even need all this stuff now? I don't know. Yeah. If you want to make money in a business, you'll find the way to do it. True. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Radon has our next question. Greetings, Kit and Krista. With the holiday season coming up in a couple months, I was just curious what your guys' plans are for taking time off with it being just the two of you. Are you going to take turns covering for each other and have it be a one-person show for a couple of weeks? Or will there be a week or two with no new episodes, which would be absolutely fine? We don't want you guys to burn out. Well, thank you for that. That's very sweet. Thank you. Yeah, I I think we're... Coming up with those plans now, we definitely will take some time off. Um, we don't know what that exact calendar will look like, but we, do, we definitely don't want to, uh, we don't want to burn out. We want to take um, time with our families, of course, at, around the holidays. But we also think that we can probably do it in a way where there's some some form of um, of stuff going, you know, going live, um, whether we just kind of shoot things earlier or kind of get prepared for it before the holidays roll around. But, but yeah, we were definitely thinking about that. And um, thank you for your nice notes about recognizing that this is just a two person operation. Yeah. It's one of those things where we got a lot of experience doing Nintendo minute where really the only weeks that we would not have a show were around like Christmas and new year's where we would mm-hmm. take a proper break but, you know, other even when we would go on vacations, like we would, you know, film things in advance and get them ready or, you know, find ways to do it and still get, you know, the full break. So, yeah, I, th- I think you're right that we can, you know, take a, take a bit of time off, um, but still find ways to, to get some stuff out there, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Richie Rich has the next question. Hi, Kit and Krista. When gaming at home, is there something unique to you that you feel is essential to your gaming experience? Is there a certain drink or snack you enjoy while playing or even a particular mannerism or certain equipment that you need to have to play? For me, if I'm playing a game on a weekend morning and have to just straight up and have just straight up black coffee in the evening, I'll get some aromatherapy going with scented candles and reed diffusers. Wow. Richie Rich. So nice. What scent are the candles though? That's my question. Wow. Um, That sounds like a lovely gaming morning and evening. Um, I definitely think my gaming morning routine is not as like involved. Yeah, I definitely will have like a coffee or have my breakfast while I check in on a game. I was doing a, doing that a lot with like Animal Crossing. I was doing it with Bear and Breakfast too. I would have my breakfast and like kind of check in on my Bear and Breakfast. It's delightful. Which was, which was very delightful. Um, in the evenings, I'm with you. I need to have all the stuff. Like I set up my couch in a certain way where like the cushions are just right and I have my blanket and then my doggy usually like curls up next to me on the blanket so that we can like, I'll like cuddle up with my dogs to play. And then I get like really, I have, I have to sit in this particular spot on my couch so that it's like the perfect center point between my, me and this and the screen. Um, and then, yeah, I'll have like a nice tea or a nice beverage, um, after dinner beverage and, um, enjoy, enjoy a nice relaxing or exciting, um, play sesh. But yeah, 
I do, I do the same thing. I want to have like an experience. And let's, let's not even get into, you know, if you're playing Splatoon, what all that entails. I mean, by the time you're set up, you're basically got to go to bed, right? Well, it's a good thing I'm in bed with the pillows anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, if I'm playing in the evenings, which I most often am. So a thing about me, we had a thing about, you know, a thing about me. I do not drink water during the day. Really it's at all. really weird. Like I'll have like, you know, a coffee or something, but in terms of just like water to keep you alive, you know, 98% of your body. I, I really don't whatever. do that um, until the evening. And that's become kind of a weird habit of mine. And you know this about me. I will get the biggest mug I can get and have some sort of like an herbal tea. Yeah. And I will drink multiple cups of like that. Like a lot, like five Because that's. It's just like, this is my time to play some games and also hydrate myself. But then what if you have to go to the bathroom? Well, I can walk? pause the game. It's fine. But what, what about the bathroom in the middle of the night? The, I feel I'm like... getting into some details here, but it's not a problem. Okay. All right. Pee the bed? <laughs> I wear a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> Rubber sheets? Oh, gosh. Okay. Moving on. Um, you took you you took it from a nice place to a not so nice place. Come on. Rubber sheets it is. Um sneeze cough. This is a fun one. What is the earliest memory you have from your life? Oh wow. Okay. For me, it's playing Super Mario Sunshine with my dad. Those are very special memories. That's the earliest memory I have from my existence. So not even necessarily gaming related, just in your life. Well, you're very young, sneeze cough. You're a baby. Sneeze cough. Sneeze cough, though. You're a baby. Um, my earliest memory in my whole entire life, I definitely, I think this is definitely it, is I remember I was in China sitting on the kitchen counter and my grandmother was giving me a, um, like one of those tangerine oranges that you can peel, like a cutie. A cutie. A cutie. And she was peeling the oranges for me and giving me one orange, like feeding me one orange slice at a time. And asking me to memorize my phone number. Oh. And she says, if I ever got lost, repeat, like find a policeman and tell them your phone number and they'll, they'll call us and we'll come find you. Was it like yeah. you would get a cutie piece if you recited it correctly? Yeah. <laughs> it's like training I still your remember dog. <laughs> the phone number to this day. <laughs> the phone number is still the same phone number, so I'm not going to say it. Don't say Call it. my grandmother in China, which would be weird. <laughs> She's like, who are you? Um, but, but yeah. That is my earliest memory. Uh, I have two. And Do you remember how old you were when this was? I must have been like three. It's interesting how you really do have no memory of your life until a certain point. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, brain so, is just mush. So I have then. two. One is watching the original Star Wars, uh, A New Hope, but this was a VHS tape of a recording of it when it was on TV. How old are you then? Um, I don't know, but I think this recording was from like the mid 80s or so. So it actually had all of the commercials from that time. Oh, do you still have that recording? Well, I don't know. My, my parents may, but you know, up until like DVDs came out and I could get Star Wars on DVD, that's how I would watch that movie. So I would always be exposed to these really weird commercials that had like I, don't, I mean I mean the mid 80s was apparently a real different vibe 
was like, what is this? Um, and I don't know if maybe there were scenes, you know how they, when they show like a movie on TV, they might like edit stuff out. Yeah. I feel like they may have cut some stuff out of Star Wars, but you know, obviously I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So maybe that has something to do with it, of that being one of my first memories watching this janky, you know, taped off of the television. I, remember, I told them we're doing that. Too, yeah. like taping movies off TV. Right, right. So crazy. Uh, the other one is not so fun. It's, I remember I was eating dinner with my family. We were having hot dogs. And I remember saying to them, I, I, I don't want to eat the hot dog. And they said, no, this is dinner. You need to eat. And I ate it. And then I remember later I threw up. <laughs> so I must have had a stomach ache. <laughs> Oh, hot dogs for dinner. That was one of the that was one of the early memories. Oh my. <laughs> I showed them, didn't I? This is what <laughs> happens when you make me eat the hot dog. Oh. I said I didn't want to. Parents. You were just you, you must have not been feeling very well. Exactly. But I couldn't like communicate it. I just like I didn't I don't want to eat it. <laughs> you know? So there you go. <laughs> Funny how the brain works. Uh, our, our last question is from who is Bowser's junior mom? As a follow-up to the question about games inspiring tourism, have you ever been traveling and found places that reminded you of something from a game? For example, this sunken temple. I love this. Which I, I need to know where this is from. Where is this way. from? Yeah. I don't know. So cool. My gosh. The water temple. Um, I find myself often, if I'm like on a hike, I was like, I would love for this to be in a game. Mm. Just these like wide open outdoor spaces. Like I love having those in games. Yeah. Yeah. Vistas? Um, yes. Vistas. Definitely uh, had this when I was in Italy for Assassin's Creed. I basically was like going around like Tuscany, like pointing to every tower in Siena and like I could climb that. I could definitely climb that. Oh, I climbed that too. But it, it was like, you know, totally exactly like one of those moments where it was bringing that game. It, it's like what you saw in the game is exactly reflected in the real place, which was really cool. Right, right. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, all right. That is all of our questions. Great questions every week from our wonderful Patreon family. Um, okay. Should we move on to our superstar shout out? Indeed. Great. I will go first. Here all right. we go. Aaron Hash. Ben Eichhorn. Maru Mayhem. Hurts. Eigenverse. From Raul with love. Jordan Collette. Kiss My Flapjack. Mike Chin. Mr. Rogers. Paul Gale Network. Rain Tech. Roy Eschke. Simon Barrera. Switching It Up underscore. Cephazon. The Shark Among Men. VGM Life. And also our newest member, Ali. Woohoo! Ali! Um, Exciting stuff. All right, now, 1UP Club graduation ceremony. Ready? I'm ready. Okay. A. Ron Burgundy. Adam Edwards. Ajan Malari. Ale Alejandro. Uh, Alexandra Pratt. Andre NYH. Angela Bycroft. Bagel. Bookum Dano. Brad SF56. Bruce Dash. Chancellor Fairley. Christian. Christopher Lay. Colin Madgan, Madigan. Cozy Tar. Captain Cinnamon Buns. Captain Alex. C. Roper 17. Daniel Cole. Daniel Valencia. Dachshund. Doodoo Face. 
Douglas Chomix, Dustin E, Dino Punch, Elite Beach, Espars 50, Ezratto, Fairbound, Fred Rossi, Gar, Garrett Hallfish, Ian Shea, Israel Izzy, Jay Rando, Jabroni Jones, Jackie Z, JK99, JBJ, Jeff Yoakum, Jesse Hernandez, Jim Wakeland, John Responte, Jonathan Rowe, Jordan Hemmerly, Joseph DeHayes, Joshua Clements, Chuji Fruit, Just Camtro, Kai Comercio, Kawa2796, Kelp Shake, Kevin Delane, K Madman TV, Christorati Kid, Christopia Party With Me, Kyle Gamer Barry Rookie, Kyle Kreitzer, Kyle LaBeouf, Kyler Nelson, Linnell Stickman, Lego My Frogo, Link, hashtag Christorati, Woo, Lit, Lucas Pico, Malfarink, Mamu, Marky Man 64, Matthew Rewald, Mecha Dragon 101, Megan, Michael Cravens, Michael Major, My- Mikey, Murph, My Tran, Nasir, Nathan Burkhart, Nodnarb, Panda Buns, Pastel Prince, Patreon user, Piano Psychopath, Prince Charmless, P.S. Wee, Quinn Hardigan, Reaver, Ray Chiron, Ray Clausen, Ryuji Usuho Oku, Renee Rivers, R.J. Kern, Rob Osborne, Rocks, Ryan Hayes, 521, Ryanetta, Sam Neeland, Sheer Cold Vanilla, Shinryu, Slowbro, Schmiggles, Spicy Munchkin, Steel Citrone, Sunscreen, The Number Nine Door, Thomas Alvarez, Thomas Sawson, Troopage, Tugs Puppy Bear, Tyler Roddy Geistopian, Video Game Stupid, Beautiful Dandy, Virtual Bot, Wicked Davy, Will Ernst, Zutiverf, Zelgaroth, and Zen! Wow! Zen! Amazing. All right. We did it. Again, ranks are growing, and I love to see it. If you're not following us already on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash Krista. Thank you again to our wonderful Patreon community for making all of this possible. Um, follow us on our other social media channels. We are Kit and Krista on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and, of course, YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, like, hit that notification bell, do all the things. And leave us a comment so you can win a $50 eShop gift card. Oh my gosh, and yes. Thank you so much for Slick Deals for sponsoring this episode. And that's it. We made it. We did it. All right, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.